You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on The Cooligans is Greg Berhalter on the hot seat. Stephen A. Smith weighs in on that. <laughs> we also talk a World Cup qualifying, CONCACAF Coleman Bowl, and NWSL getting their first ever CBA. We talk all about it. That's right. Plus, we talk about LeBron. Look out, Stephen A. Smith. No, but we do <laughs> We do talk to Alexi Lalas, legend. Some of you are cheering right now. Some of you are cheering. But we talk about the men's national team and what should we expect. And why did Canada do us like that? That and more today on the Cooligans! Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris. And Allie Krieger. And you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians. The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, baby! chilly today okay yeah. little winter wonderland of uh of u.s soccer okay unless unless you're sitting in greg berhalter's seat which is getting a little hot right now <laughs> Ooh, i thought that was just a butt warmer but no <laughs> no no did my guy got heated seats in the office <laughs> damn i didn't it's, you know it's bad when stephen a smith is coming for your soccer job bro. right <laughs> and he got no clue what he's talking about <laughs> well Welcome to the Cooligans, everybody. My name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that has ever lived right here on Fubo Sports Network. That's right. I don't know if we can say that anymore because now it's Stephen A. Smith's show and then ours. Because <laughs> nothing's funnier than him trying Yo. to figure out what even... He's like, why can't we make a couple trades as the men's national team? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you can't be Stephen A. Smith and have hotter takes than us. Bro. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> What's happening? Also, he better not be the gulliest because that's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> He's, the competition's getting pretty fierce, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, speaking of hot takes, we have the, the hot take machine, uh, the oh, most boy. problematic man on Twitter, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> us today. Alexi Lalas of uh, Fox Sports will be joining us uh, in a little bit to talk about U.S. men's national team, everything uh, going on. Uh, I heads up, we are filming this before, and the, and the conversation happened before the game against Honduras, uh, but we're right. all operating under the, 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 the you know, the it, they won, right? They won. Let's right. just put You're that energy out there. listening to this with saying, what do you mean hot seat? Greg Halter's fine. We beat Honduras. Or you're listening to this saying, why is this the only thing you're talking about? <laughs> Quit mentioning Stephen A. Smith. Those are the only two reactions you're possibly having right now. But again, so, we hope and we believe that mm-hmm. in this world you're listening and watching us. <laughs> they have won, and we are just fine. Okay, uh, so let, let's begin. Uh, it, it's, it, let's talk about World Cup qualifying because, you know, everybody's, uh, especially in, in the Western Hemisphere, that's been uh, the, the main focus. CONCACAF, Coma Bowl, especially. You uh, wait trying... for boring, dude. Compared to what we got look, going on? How many games uh, <laughs> against, you know, Montserrat are we going to watch? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, you beat San Marino <laughs> again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to take away jo- his sainthood after this it, beating. <laughs> it is a joke. It's like the greatest footballers in the world, and then yeah. they're they're done World Cup qualifying literally, you know, a year after the the last World Cup finishes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. They basically, as soon as the World Cup is done, they get handed their ticket to the next World Cup. Because who cares? And stop telling me how many goals Harry Kane has scored for the national team when he's doing it against a guy who's a dentist. Okay? I don't care. 
<laughs> All right. Now look, and his parents are proud that he went to dental school. They, went, they, they like that he has a hobby. All right. They would ask. They would actually say, "Could you stop playing soccer?" You know what I mean? Well, you're doing so, so good with the dental office. Let, let's uh, let's start with Concacaf uh, real quick. And obviously, you know, the, 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 those the the table will look a lot different uh, as you know. By, while we're recording this, it's going to look a lot different when you're hearing it. But the, let's just uh, reflect a little bit on what you know the, the i think the shock here because we didn't get to talk about it with alexi but mexico right canada a lot of people are shocked and i think it's and grant wall said this about how um canada is probably the the, the greatest story in world football they have not been to a world cup they've only been to one that was in 1986 and the right. fact that I, I believe they are they are undefeated in in this um world cup qualifying a uh, final stage this is incredible that they it's a whole uh, new canada this it's, ain't the Canada and, we know. You know okay. <laughs> Remember when this, they were just San Marino for us? <laughs> right. Yeah, they, you, well, people used to, you know, teams used to walk over uh, uh, Canada. I mean, but look, I don't know what it was. Was it the Raptors winning an NBA title? Was it the popularity of Drake? And, and it, it I want could the, be Drake. I, I want the chips with the dip. Yeah, okay, he dude. wants the chip. Canada wants all Drake the takes dip, over bro. the nightclub in the Toronto Raptors stadium, and now all of a sudden <laughs> the country's about it. You know what I mean? But but let's talk about these coaches, right? Because John Herdman. By the is, way, hold on. Uh, if you want to know what it is, it was immigration. You know, they they ain't stupid about immigration. <laughs> They've allowed people to enter their country, and now people want like you. You got the story of uh, Jonathan David. Who you know, born in uh, born in uh, Brooklyn, New York, moved to Haiti, then uh, got to uh, Canada. He talks about how Canada opened the, uh, their doors for him and his family, and how passionate he feels about playing for them. Same thing with um, uh, Borjan. You know, him yeah. and his sweatpants have been allowed in that country. <laughs> and he talks about how incredible and how hard he plays for the country. It, it's stories like that that have allowed you know, sort of the 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 the, the difference of uh, a passion. You know, it, for it, for playing for the sport, it, is it for playing like for a, the World Cup. Was that Milan Bor- Borhan's uh, uh, origin story, where some like immigration officer was like, "Nice sweatpants, kid," and he was like, "Okay, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to wear these, yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to get Canada into a World Cup." <laughs> well, what if it was the opposite? What if they try to get in the U.S. and you're like, "Not in those sweatpants," and he's like, "I'll show you." <laughs> <laughs> it will never forgive him. Okay, yeah. um, so but John Herdman. Uh, let's talk about the, these three coaches. Herdman. Uh, 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 Burr Halter and Tata Martina Herdman is chilling. This is nobody thought that like one of the the, the safest uh, uh, jobs in Concacaf right now. Just being the kind of manager, he's doing just an incredible job. But Greg Burhalter and Tata Martina are in a weird spot where they are not, not getting in that weird of a spot. They are in a <laughs> hot spot right now. I think obviously Tata Martina way worse than Greg. Greg is always going to be challenged because it, there is no de facto. Everybody agrees with you, U.S. men's yeah. national team manager. Mexico? <laughs> Damn. Everyone was happy with the Tata Martino. We were upset. I was furious. I was like, yeah. this guy's now going to be beating us left and right. What the hell is it's going on in Mexico? <laughs> well, that's. it seems like, you know, we we replaced uh, the, the not even replaced the rivalry, but the the mountain to climb was Mexico. We wanted to defeat Mexico. And then Canada all of a sudden was like, okay, well, what about us? And were it, we supposed to be up next? <laughs> Remember when we were up next? Now all of a sudden it, Canada is the top dog? Uh, the other, this is the, the, uh, 
Interesting thing too is like uh, Comable. I'm wa- watching those games as well. The the, the that table is looking insane uh, because uh, Col- Colombia is looking like they're they're about to miss the World Cup, which I think a, a lot of people didn't expect. But they haven't scored in uh, in seven games, six or seven games. Uh, it's been uh, terrible the, the the last few uh, months for them. But the, the the surprise here and the, and the thing I like uh, uh, what I like seeing in Comable World Cup qualifying is I I feel like I'm seeing a bit more energy heart passion even when it comes to players arguing with each other fouls like every trying to win the ball back like i'm not really seeing they're playing like a world cup is on the line (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't really see that from uh from the u.s especially against canada like you know greg berhalter's comments about like we dominated and it's surprising we didn't get the result but I don't know. Like, I think dominate- look, a lot of that is being misconstrued. They had like 70 percent, 70 possession. I don't think he's wrong. But if you don't have a way of breaking down a team that's going to say, all right, we're going to sit back and we're going to hit you on the counter. and You ain't good enough to stop us and you ain't good enough to beat us. And that works. I can't let you say the word dominated. But even now, uh, what's his name? Kyle Aaron said that, you know, they were afraid to play us. The U.S. was afraid. You could tell mm-hmm. they were afraid to play us. Yo, have you, did you watch Peru's last game? <laughs> Ain't nobody afraid of nothing. I'm, I'm surprised they weren't full swinging at each other out there. It was yeah, there's, insane. There's a level of a, you know, not even about psychological game of getting in somebody's head in, in Coma Bowl, but like, you know, we, I, we, there was a little clip of this as well. Weston McKenney has been known to help players up, opposing players. If, if there's a foul, they fall down. He's like, you know, cordial and it's helping players out. and there was a moment where christian pulisic went up to to, to weston and was like yo stop doing that you saw it for like a second he was like yo stop being so nice to them yeah and that's i think christian pulisic's instinct right here is what we kind of need more of like forget this like See, being I nice think that's at wrong. all i think that's wrong what you don't want to do is stop them stop picking them up because then they know oh <laughs> this guy, they're, they're being disrespectful on purpose. Here's what you uh, do. You start to pick them up and then you let go. Right? Nah. You got to go grade school bully. You feel me? Or you pick them up, push them back down. You know what I mean? Or you do that thing where you look like you're going to help them up, but then you say wild, disrespectful stuff to them with a smile on your face so the camera thinks you're being nice, look, but you're being we- wild, disrespectful. What we need to do is every, every U.S. men's national team game, you need to tell all the players, you got to say, look, we're playing against Mexico. It doesn't matter who we're playing against. You yeah. tell them, we're playing against Mexico. You know how this rivalry is. It doesn't matter. You're playing against Costa Ricans. You're playing against Canadians. It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. It doesn't matter if you're doing an intra, you know, team practice. Those That's are Mexicans. Mexico now, you, know? <laughs> you see Kyle Aaron? Carolino? <laughs> He's a Mexicano right now. <laughs> so it's, the, it's, uh, uh, But it's, to your point about the passion is, we're all playing for the same tournament, but it don't feel like it. You watch right. Peru when Edison Flores scored that, that header to equalize. You mm. would have thought Peru won a war that, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that Estadio, uh, Estadio Nacional was b- going nuts. Right, right. And I, mean, I, you know, you don't see the same thing in the U.S. There's, I don't know, maybe, maybe we've come to expect, which is insane because we didn't qualify for the last World Cup. But have we come to expect that we're just going to get in the World Cup? 
because I got to yeah. be honest with you, a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money, too, particularly <laughs> listening to right now, if we don't make this World Cup. <laughs> it was very bad, okay? A lot of people. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that uh, our careers are put in the line of these young men, all right? Do they Why? not know what this means for us? Should we go over there and tell them? <laughs> Look, if we got to give a pep talk, you know, really and show our bank accounts, yeah, what have we got to do? <laughs> Whatever's going to get them to cry. Whatever <laughs> will motivate these players. Uh, uh, but, the you know, I, I, I have loved seeing, especially in Comable World Cup qualifying, which you can watch exclusively, the streaming home on Fubo TV. Uh, so make sure you, uh, you check that out. But the, some of these matches, uh, the, the, the game, the, these next upcoming matches, especially in the next window, uh, Peru against Uruguay. The, the fourth place spot is 100% up for grabs. And if Peru can get there, that goal. So this is why that goal from Edison Flores, ML, MLS is DC United, MLS getting, Legend. you know, getting some <laughs> shine here. But Edison Flores, who, who was dealing with a lot of injuries at DC, really hasn't like, I think lived up to the expectations that that when you know when they signed him, but he was he a sub doing- in this match too. I mean, he, it's not like he started and he came in yeah. massive, massive he, equalizer. So I mean, you could tell, but especially at the end of that game, like these guys were just absolutely gassed. They but they had enough energy to put in a hard foul. You know, that's yeah. what you love to see. Okay, in, in a look, World I don't have a lot fight. of gas left in the tank, but I use the little bit I have to crash into these other cars. You know what I mean? <laughs> just make sure my presence is felt. Uh, uh-huh. by I just want people to remember me when I leave. <laughs> but no, this this game, Uruguay is an impressive turnaround because uh, uh, was it four one? Yeah, they are they are manager. Yeah, they won uh on oh, the last the last uh match I forgot what was the score, but they did yes, they did Yeah, it was four one. one against against Paraguay, I believe. No, uh, Venezuela. Venezuela. Uh so the uh, their new manager, obviously old, uh, the old, the former uh Inter Miami, Monterrey coach, uh Diego Lando, he has been he's he's turned the team around. Uruguay, remember we were talking just a couple weeks ago. They could not find the goal. They had all these, uh, and we were like these aging stars. Is it time to move on? Diego Lando's like no, found a youth and, and found uh, some success. They I've, they've gotten I believe five goals in the last two games. Uh, it, it, an incredible uh, turnaround. Which I look just these they they changed their manager. And it looks like they're they they're in good position to to they make brought another in an World MLS Cup. manager. <laughs> That's, That's what, issue. okay. This is what yeah. we're seeing the the the, the connections uh, over here. Major League so Soccer. everybody in America relax. <laughs> Greg Berhalter <laughs> came from MLS. So did Uruguay's manager. Come on. Uh, so these um, yeah, like again, I, I mentioned it before, but. Uh, Colombia and, and and Peru and Chile got a, a win as well. But these uh, Ecuador feel like something really has to go wrong uh, for them to miss out. But do you think Peru right now is in fifth place, which we know goes to the to the playoff, playoff. game? The, yeah, intercontinental. So it's top four right now. Brazil, Argentina already in Ecuador, looking like they're going to get in, and Uruguay sitting in fourth. Do you think it stays like this? Do you think Chile bumps up? Bolivia might be able to get in the fifth spot. I mean, it, it's uh, is who's who's at home from uh, Peru, Uruguay? Uh, um, that's a great Uruguay. question. It, it's Uruguay that's at yeah. home. This this will be. I mean, if Peru can get a win here, which I think they 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 could. I mean, like I know. Yeah, Uruguay's we don't know which form. Uruguay is going to show up. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. Right. But if they even if a, a one nil victory, they got the one nil victory against uh, against Colombia. They, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like Peru has a a 
um, could make a case to go to fourth. But the, I feel like this might end up being it. But it would be pretty devastating, especially at seeing after seeing Edison Flores celebrate the way he did. You know, I mean, it obviously means so much to a lot, to all these countries. But uh, Peru, you know, they they made, they were at the last World Cup, but they, they, it's not they before that. It was like thirty something years before they 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 got yeah. there. Um, would would be pretty pretty incredible. Maybe if they they might get there, they got there through the playoff last time as well. So it it might. I, I feel like this might be what the t- table looks like at the end. But I'm I'm pretty excited to watch these remaining matches. They're going to be very very exciting. I'd love to see Bolivia get it, dude. Burn it all to the ground. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they play in the they play in the clouds, guys. <laughs> It'd be so dope. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some positive news in women's soccer, NWSL, and the NWSL Players Association have come to an agreement. The first ever collective bargaining agreement is in place for uh, NWSL players. This is pretty, pretty exciting. This is, uh, and it's an interesting thing. I just, I didn't even realize there was no CBA in place and that that one has never existed i thought it, you know they were I, out they, here willy-nilly you know <laughs> they were just, they were, it was just a handshake agreement until yeah they, now. Were, they didn't even sign a contract they were like yo you know i got you go ahead, go ahead. get out there and play baby i got you i'm like man they, they are but turns out that's cool. not good enough <laughs> sometimes you need something you got to at least write it on a napkin yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> can i at least get a voice note something that says <laughs> you gonna pay me uh, but no, this is, uh, uh, I mean, a couple uh, uh, huge and, and notable things. Obviously, the, the increase in the minimum salary, uh, it goes from, I believe, $22,000 a year to $35,000 a year. And, and obviously, you know, for professional athletes, this number sh- clearly should be higher. Uh, but we have to start uh, somewhere. But this is this level of improvement and, and showing at least I mean, some- this puts you in the living wage category, which... Look, it sucks to have to say that that's a win, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you'd want more money. But I think this points to, and look, things like, you know, uh, wave players get four weeks of severance, 30 days of housing, players under a certain number, a certain number for salary are housed by the team, things like that, so they don't have to pay rent. When you start looking at that, you start to say, like, okay, now players don't have to make the choice of should I be a professional, you know, NWSL player? And also have to get a side job or do something else or live with a host family yeah. or, you know, go work at a supermarket or something. You know what I mean? Like have to make that decision where now that's gone. You know, now you can earn money being, you know, not a superstar NWSL player, which is huge. That's huge right. for the growth of the league. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, since we've been doing this show and have have had so many NWSL players on the show and we follow them and everything and, and you hear. so I mean, you just. Following any NWSL player that maybe is not like an absolute superstar and their lives are just like ours and and maybe even a little bit more challenging sometimes because, you know, $35,000 is not a normal salary for most jobs. You know, it's, it's a, it can be a challenging life. It's interesting seeing people like um, Bethany Balser from uh, OL Reign kind of. She's been so open of, about it. You're so open about it, very honest about like, you know, wasn't it? I think that the end in the past, the NWSL Rookie of the Year got like a $50 Chipotle gift card for yeah. winning. And it's like, yeah, all right. You know, you, you maybe two meals, you know, with yeah. some friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You oh, know, friends. You ain't inviting friends. <laughs> no, I'll send you an Instagram picture. You know what I mean? Of my Chipotle. I'll- 
Yeah. So, but but a couple other things that were uh, really cool about this, you, the, the the things that you mentioned, but then also um, mental health leave. Uh, Massive. Really interesting. Obviously, p- p- four weeks of uh, uh, parental leave, I believe. It might be a little bit more than that. But the just uh, it's eight weeks of, of parental leave. Um, but it's interesting because we, uh, you know, I was thinking about this just like when we think of collective bargaining agree- agreements. Uh, especially from a male perspective and, and and as a man and I'm like looking at male sports and, and what seems to be the priorities for a lot of players. It's, it's usually uh, salary and making sure that, that the majority that, of you, it is just pay. They, you don't have to yeah. see how much the owners are making. They're like, we want that money as well. But uh, from a, a women's sports perspective, it, it's interesting th- the things that that the women in NWSL were fighting for and mental health leave. Which, as a as a guy, I'm looking at it and essentially, it, it, like initially, I'm like, well, why is this why is this important? And I'm like, oh, women li- lead different lives and maybe a, a, a focus on uh, different things and the things that might be important to men or me or whatever that I'm I can only look at it through that lens and I'm not lo- looking like. You know, my job should also be, you know, care about my me and my feelings and stuff. Like, right, I right, don't right. even think of that as an option. Also, we should be adding the mental health thing for the men's sport as well. <laughs> uh, you know, let's not say that. Uh, let's not just say it's just you sound that. I mean, real yeah. beta right now. Alexis. Yo, dude, put it in there, my G. Uh, everybody could use that. Um, but I think I think, look, it's a hundred million dollar increase in investment from the owners overall. Right. When you look at that, you say to yourself, what does this mean? One, it lights a fire under the ass of the league to go out and get those sponsorship dollars. Now you need to make this, you know, uh, a profitable league. It brings you to that next level. It forces you to have to succeed at that level. And also it shows, look, the investors in a women's league aren't doing it because they love women's sports. They're doing it. If they love women's sports, they go buy season tickets and expensive season tickets. They're doing it because they think this is a potential windfall for them in the future. They're, they're, They're putting money into an asset that they believe is going to grow which is a positive for the NWSL and for women's sports across the league, the fact or across the world, the fact that these, these investors are saying, you know what? I do see, I do see that this is going to be bigger. I do see that this will be more successful and will be worth more money is a positive for everyone because that means the sport, they believe the sport will grow. They're willing to put their money on it. They're willing to bet it. That, that should mean it will happen. So this is a big win. And and they know what you know that the, so this CBA this CBA ends at tw- in twenty twenty six when what happens in twenty twenty six the World Cup is coming to the United States so there it's right. also like uh, you know we're about to you know big money big money big money and really just yeah, smash yeah. On that. <laughs> they know it's up, they're about to uh, they're gonna get a couple wins uh, when in the business side and in the in the women's sports side so and by the uh, way shouts to everyone negotiated because this took thirty five separate negotiations. Wow. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to, uh, I mean, so many people we know, like uh, Yael Averbush uh, and uh, yeah. the people created the NWSLPA. We've, uh, you know, a lot of people took a lot of, uh, did a lot of work, a lot of players uh, to get to this point. So shouts to them. Um, okay. We're going to be joined in a moment by Alexi Lalas to talk to some U.S. men's national team. So come right back. Yo, I just got a great idea. You should go to youtube.com slash soccer cooligans and hit that subscribe button. It's completely free and it helps us out tremendously. Why would you want to do that? Well, we've actually moved Prem Show from Twitch to YouTube Live. 
So if you hit that subscribe button, you get to find out when we're live. Oh, and hit that little bell too. It really alerts you. It actually pulls up a little note on your phone saying, hey, these guys are live right now. And you're like, oh my God, that's my favorite thing in the world. I should probably go do that right now. And if you say something funny in the chat or ask a dope question, you get to be on the show. We mentioned your name on the show. How dope is that? You get to be a part of it. So all you got to do is go to youtube.com slash soccer cooligans, hit subscribe, hit the little bell. It would help us out tremendously. Love to hang out with you there. All right, Christian, our guest is finally here. And this is one of my favorite type of guests because right now, everyone watching and listening falls into two categories, which is, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> and hey, I love this guy. Those are the two. There's no middle ground. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And, that's, that, and that is only his immediate family that reacts that way. <laughs> I, dude, he's, he's been a part of our journey from, uh, from when we started uh, to when we're here. Uh, part of our journey as fans of the sport in this country as well. Uh, you know him from, uh, you know, all his uh, amazing coverage uh, over on Fox Sports. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, a legend, Alexi Lalas. Hey, Alexi, what's up, buddy? What's up? Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, by that math, if my <laughs> Rutgers math is correct, then... One of you are on each side, so I'm not going to ask you which side you're on. But it you doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, plenty of people hate watch me. Uh, it's okay. As long as you're clicking on that button, that's all I want. That's your job, and you do yeah, it well, yeah. buddy. You know, you might, you, we'll reveal who's who at the end of the program. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alexi, uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, we've uh, obviously we've known you for years. You've been, uh, honestly, one of our, our most ardent supporters. Uh, and, and so it's, it's an honor to have you on the TV show. We have to immediately discuss the U.S. men's national team, right? Because that is, uh, I don't know how close we are to the eject button uh, or whatever, but <laughs> things seem to be a little bit uh, wild. At the time, we're recording this on Tuesday morning uh, before the match against Honduras, after the match, obviously, against Canada. So you're, you're, you're currently in Minnesota uh, getting prepared for that. Uh, but the the immediate reaction to can the Canada loss two nil uh, out in Hamilton. What what were your thoughts? Uh, I was obviously disappointed. Uh, I was a little perplexed by uh, Greg Berhalter's comments. He's a smart dude, and I, I didn't think whatever he was trying to say, <laughs> he didn't say it. And certainly, the interpretation from a lot of people um, left a lot of us scratching our head in terms of the game that he saw. Part of me, you know, the romantic side of me actually has, you know, a, a, a I guess, a, you know, a, an incredible respect for Greg Berhalter because, you know, he is a true believer and, and he wants to die on that hill and he would rather lose playing the way he wants to play um, than, you know, betray his ethos. But this, sure? we're qualifying for the freaking World Cup here. All right. Get the, re the get the result. We didn't get the result. It's not the end of the world. By the time you are watching this, uh, the game against Honduras uh, will have happened. It is, in my estimation, the most important game in Greg Berhalter's uh, coaching career. And I think that this team will rebound and get the three points and put us well on the way to qualifying uh, for the World Cup. But I think we're looking at these moments, especially a game against Canada, um, and saying, well, what are we? What 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 do we want to be? And I think in our effort to progress and evolve as a team, we may have thrown the baby out with the bathwater a little bit and and lost some of that. I don't know, for lack of a better word, Americanness that that has made us who we are. I mean, this wasn't going to be a soccer game up in Canada. This was going to be a bar fight, and yeah. we were not prepared for a bar fight and got our ass kicked. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the way the team has played over the last few international windows. 
there does seem to be a lack of a, I don't know, a bite, a lack of a sharp tooth uh, attached to the uh, to the squad that we have. You know, is there a way where we can point to what that is? Because if there's one thing about, you know, the squads that you played with, you know, that was probably the most significant part, which is like, yeah, OK, maybe we won't have possession, but we're going to get you when we get you. And there seems to be that little bit of a missing, that little bit of a of a sharp tooth, if you will. I really don't know what the other word for the for it would be. Uh, why do you think that is? And is there a way to solve that, you know, in, in time to qualify for this World yeah. Cup? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think some of it is to be expected. You know, you're trying to do something and play in a way that we've never played before. And sometimes in order to evolve, in order to progress, it, the hardest part is that is that last part of becoming something you're not. And, and, and a, again, a part of me kind of wants us to be just the best version of ourselves, but I, I respect that, and I think Greg Berhalter believes that his mandate is to try to do something different. And as long as we can still go to World Cups and still win games, but I do think, I mean, you guys have watched this team. Maybe I'm crazy, but the times when this team has resonated the most, when it is really not just from a success on the field perspective, but just from the eye test, has actually been when there's kind of been a regression, if you will, and being much more of that team that we used to see. When we, and we saw this team you know, beating Mexico and doing those different things, there was that grit. There was that, that harshness. Um, and there is beauty in that. And that's why I say, you know, if we're throwing that away, I think we need to be careful. Because no matter who, who, who you are and how big you get or how expansive and romantic you play, at a certain point, you got to be able to fight, and that was what was disappointing to me against uh, a team like uh, like uh, Canada. And by the way, the irony is that Canada played the way we used to play, right, and that's right. how they beat us. <laughs> right. You know, because essentially, like, is the is the the fact that uh, these players uh, are playing at such a high level and, and and these huge clubs does that kind of inflate our ego of what we kind of expect the national team to look like? I mean, look, I, I love Herc. Uh, he's, a, he's a friend of mine. He's in the entertainment business. Um, you know, but he's, let's be honest, he's virtue signaling. I mean, he's, he's playing to the crowd by saying that, and he thinks that, that by saying that, you know, it's what, he's going honestly, to— Alexi, it's wild to hear that coming from yeah. Alexi Lawless. It's Alexi. No, it take, it he takes, must be reading it, the Alexi Lawless textbook. Listen, it takes, it takes one to know one, guys. It takes one to know one. Uh, I get it. I love it. I love, you know, I was looking at that saying, that's good, Herc. That's going to, you know, that's going to get people to pay, uh, to pay attention. And, I, I, and I'm not saying that he doesn't necessarily believe in it, but the performance was perfect. Okay. I loved it. Uh, I, I loved it. Now, you know, having said that, you know, he is going to gain, Hercules is going to, is going to gain some credibility from those. That just no matter what Greg Berhalter does, they don't like him. And certainly the game against Canada was, as is every game, evidently a referendum on not just Greg Berhalter, but soccer and who we are as human beings and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, as I said before, the, the game here in Minnesota against Honduras is the most important game in Greg Berhalter's coaching career. If he were to lose that one, absolutely, I think that there would be talk, and, and fairly so, about, about the future. Because if you're, if you're Brian McBride or you are Ernie Stewart right now, the leaders uh, and the ones that make the decision for this team, if you have any inkling that going to the World Cup is in jeopardy, then you need to do your job, which is to say – do I make a change in order to get us to the World Cup? Because that is the that is the only thing that's important. I don't think that that ultimately happens. I think they win against Honduras, and I think uh, that Greg Berhalter continues on. And look, objectively, 
when you look at what Greg Berhalter has done over the last couple of years, it's pretty incredible what he has done. Now, it's limited, especially in the age of COVID. I, I get that. And we also understand, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? All right? And your last game, you lost against Canada. So you better uh, bring it against Honduras, which I think that they will. And then we're back in a good position points-wise, and we're heading in, in the right direction. I, I don't... I think Greg Berhalter absolutely, whether it's from Hercules or anybody else, deserves criticism uh, and, and, and needs to take responsibility when the team doesn't play like that or doesn't show what we're talking about here. You know, you can give it a name, whatever it is, heart, spirit, all that kind of stuff, where it's, you know, it's like the Supreme Court, uh, you know, obscenity law. I, don't, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Well, okay. we didn't see it. We didn't see it against Canada. <laughs> so we sure as hell better see it against Honduras. If I'm freezing my ass up up here in Minnesota, then I better come out with three points at the very least. <laughs> so then this is one of the reasons why I'm glad you're on the show, because I love putting these situations in your hands. Uh, let's say you are in the position of Ernie Stewart and Brian McBride, and you're looking at the situation uh, we're in right now. Let's say, uh, hypothetically speaking, Halter doesn't get the job done. What your next hire, right? The vision of of U.S. soccer, the the vision of the men's national team. If it's placed in your hands, what do you think we would need next? Is it someone who would carry on this tradition uh, of sort of grit and and win at win at all costs? I don't care if it's ugly. Give me three points. Or would you want to see a progression of what we're doing now, which is sort of trying to bring the U, U.S. soccer into that next phase? of the sport in the world, which is a bit more progressive, maybe a bit more pressing and carry that on. Yeah, I, I would, again, you know, I, I keep going back to throwing the baby out. I, I wouldn't want to discard all of the good work that has been done by Greg Berholder. And that's why, yeah, you give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt to, to kind of see this, see this through. But again, not at the expense of going to a World Cup. So if I really thought that a change needed to be made, it would be specific as to get us to the World Cup. Now, the long-term plan going to 2026, that is important. And I want somebody there that understands that. And look, you're going to get the, the usual suspects out there, especially with, you know, a guy like Jesse Marsh sitting out there, by the way, is, is, is you know, not doing anything right now. Uh, you know, Peter Vermes, for me, is always someone that I think, uh, you know, should be should be looked at. Uh, but I'm not in the camp also of saying, you know, that we need to do this. Uh, we need to do this right away. I also don't believe that it's good to have uh, coaches uh, for multiple cycles. So regardless of where this cycle ends up with Greg Berhalter, uh, I would really look hard at changing it for that next cycle. But I don't want to regress in terms of the thinking. I want somebody that's going to take the work that's, that's been done and build upon that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we lost you for a second, but I think we I, we got the point about the two cycles. All right. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't yeah, like it, you guys. Oh, you, did you get that part? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna edit all that out. Uh, <laughs> it is like the the after the loss of Canada, it did make me really actually think about when when people are saying Burhalter out. I'm like, all right, is this a real? Are, are they being? you know, genuine about this feeling. I mean, the, 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 he, we are currently in second place in World Cup qualifying. And luckily, the results, uh, that match, they worked out pretty well. Mexico uh, drew, uh, uh, I know, uh, Panama won, but, the, but decent kind of decent result. So uh, obviously, we're, we're 
operating right now under the assumption that the U.S. won against Honduras and things are in a much better place because realistically, if the U.S. wins every, all, all their matches, the remaining matches, uh, we're going to a World Cup. But the the, the I, I think the thing that's most concerning is probably it's really the offense, right? I mean, the fact that they're really in these yeah. this World Cup qualifying cycle, the, these final matches, there haven't really been that many goals, and we haven't really seen much uh, uh, as far as even even from Christian Pulisic. Like, should we start? holding these star players a little bit more accountable as, as opposed to really blaming Greg for everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the coach is always going to get criticism, and he understands that, whether it's Greg or anybody else. It comes with the territory. you got to have thick skin. And, and a lot of the criticism, as I said, is fair. Uh, when it comes to Christian Pulisic, you know, how do you solve a problem like Pulisic? And it is a problem right now. I, I, I do push back a little bit because everybody kind of prefaces their – um, you know, their, their criticism of Christian was like, I don't want to dump on him and I don't want to, you know, uh, hurt him. You're not going to hurt him. Okay. He's, it's going to be fine. He, he, he can deal with criticism, especially because there's this notion out there that we're asking him to, um, to carry not just the U.S. men's national team, but soccer. And that's not the case. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of players right now that are carrying Christian Pulisic. I don't need him to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I just need him to be consistent and actually be a factor consistently in games, which he hasn't been. So, yeah, that's a problem. And Greg Berhalter has to find what buttons to push, whether to kick him in the ass or to pat him on the back. That's management, right? Um, When it comes to uh, are we being fair of our criticism of our coach, look, we're whining. We, we like to whine. It's okay. It's what sports are. It's, it's, it's about whining right now. I think if Greg Berhalter wasn't, you know, an American, young, relatively inexperienced, it would be less of that type of, uh, type of criticism. But he knew that going in. He understood that. And I don't think for, for some people, it doesn't matter what Greg Berhalter does. They're going to say, even when he is successful, they're going to say, yes, but somebody else could have done more with right. what he has given. Right. It's such a shame, too, because, you know, I I do like sort of some of the things that are happening with the squad. But to Christian's point, it seems that final third, we sort of lost it. And one of the things that makes fans so irate is seeing Giazzi's artist start up top. (laughs) Now, regardless, regardless of whether he scores and does a good job, I think part of the frustration is because Greg Berhalter's system doesn't ask for a, you know, uh, lean off, you know, sort of uh, play off the shoulder type of center forward that is constantly getting shots on goal. It's a bit more of a link up, right? Uh, artist. does he have a place on this squad? Is there a reason why he's still here? Is it just because his name and where he plays that the fans are upset? What do you see when it comes to Giazzi's artist on this team? All right. Well, so first off, whether I, what, you guys understand this, like, like all of us, coaches have favorites, okay? Yeah. This is not a meritocracy, all Why right. wasn't I anybody's favorite ever? That's another question. <laughs> except, yeah, except when you're involved. Then we're all unanimous in our condemnation. <laughs> so, 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 you know, look, Jossie is going to be, you know, the punching bag for a lot of people. And, and, and I get it um, to a certain extent. I don't think a lot of it is, is fair, especially relative to the moment that we are in right now. And let's be honest. We haven't replaced Josie Altidore. 
and we've had plenty of time to do it, but the hardest thing to do in our game is to score goals. And we have yet to put somebody up there that strikes fear into the opponent. And that's, you know, that's a problem. And we're going through, you know, next man up and auditions. And we've gone through DK and we've gone through Jesus Ferrer and we've gone through uh, Pepe. And now we have, you know, Jossie Zardes going back to the well with, uh, with Jossie Zardes. And we still have, you know, PFOC and different players uh, out there that could potentially, you know, Josh Sargent. But, but nobody has really stepped up and said, this is mine. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that scores a goal every single game. It could just be someone that I have to worry about as a center back. And if I'm playing against the U.S. right now, I got to worry about a lot of things. But up top, that's not something I'm worried about. Right. It's it's a little it's it's, it's concerning uh, to say the least, especially the, the the sort of carousel of like. Uh, who wants this starting job for, for uh, <laughs> you know, to be up. the starting striker for, for the U.S.? And, and I don't know. Is it, is it a thing where do you think uh, do you think Greg has not given someone a chance long enough, to, uh, allowed them to make mistakes and, and grow and build chemistry as opposed to mixing up the, the, the lineup so much? I mean, again, this is the national team. Why, why do I? Why, or why do I? But why do we have to use the national team as our psychologist or as our uh, as you know as our place to to try things out? No, this is the national team. All right, figure it out on your own time. When you come here, you need to perform. I, I, you know, if you're you're having a bad day, your your wife left you, your girlfriend <laughs> spit at you, your dog died, whatever it is. I don't care about that. I'm here to qualify for the World Cup and do well in terms of the soccer team, an elite soccer team that you're invited to. I'm not saying that you don't grow and that there aren't players that grow right now, but that development needs to be done elsewhere. And it's not always a finished product when it finally comes to the national team. I get that, but... Um, and, and you know, but maybe when it comes to this particular position, the nine position, the striker position that we're lacking right now, at some point we got to give somebody a long run and just say, for better or worse, this is what we're going with. <laughs> so you know what I just found out? Jonathan David, who plays for the Canadian national team, was born in Brooklyn. Maybe we got to find a way to convince him <laughs> <laughs> to play for the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> Think about it, Jonathan. One time switch, <laughs> man. Oh, my, my kingdom for a striker. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alexi. Well, we have to get to our Gully Squad questions. These are our supporters group. Uh, our fans have questions uh, for you. You and guys have a couple fans? Of, uh, well, yeah. yeah I mean, it's unheard yeah. of. It's uh, both of our moms, and that's it. <laughs> uh, so my mom at I'm kidding. Uh, Neil Gavoni asked the question, uh, do you like petting zoos, and when are you going to go see a pet, petting zoo play a show? Petting zoo is our, uh, your nephew's band. That's what he, uh, he clarified. Yeah. yeah, I love him. have you seen petting zoo play no i haven't seen them uh, i haven't seen them live but they rock okay from afar (laughs) right that that sounds like a rock band that doesn't sound like it's there's a harp involved petting zoo (laughs) uh um this question comes from peter carsey and you kind of alluded to it a little bit already but uh, you have mentioned that you do see parallels. He said, what parallels do you see between the Canadian squads of this cycle and the U.S. teams that play for in the 90s? And what can the U.S. team learn from their sudden rise to the top? You've kind of alluded to this, but is there one thing that you think uh, you would take from the Canadian team, whether it's tactic or style of play or gumption and add it to the American team right now? 
Yeah, I mean, look, they they wanted to muck it up the other day, uh, and and they did it. And I, I again, as much as it hurt me, there was a there was a sense of pride that you know they're taking a page from our from our book, and you know that we are further along in the process that they are. And there might be a point now with this team as it grows where we have much higher expectations, and that type of pressure will get to them as they try to uh, to change and evolve going forward. But I mean, look, again, it's it's so hard to find the words to describe what it is but you know it when uh, when you see it and there there has to be there has to be a fight there has to be a a deuce snarl uh, that that is a yeah. constant for everyone there has to be a Brian McBride bloody you know dripping down his head type of um ferocity that that exists there has to be there has to be a a raw element to the game that actually goes against the you know the refined type of performance that maybe we are looking for i i appreciate that i think that that's part of what we what we are and when we are at our best and it doesn't mean we can't be beautiful it doesn't mean we can't be uh, romantic but you guys know it when you when you see it and right. and it's it's standing up for uh, it's standing up for others it's a not just a physical part of the game, but but a mental part of the game. And you see it, and you see glimpses of it. And, you know, Weston will show it here or there. But in totality, all of them recognizing, you know what? While we might have wanted to, you know, play beautifully the other day against Canada, we're, we're going to get in this bar fight, and I want to see him breaking some bottles. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I think I, I saw it briefly when, when Ricardo Pepe and Paul Ariola came into the game. Paul Ariola doing a bicycle kick and, and landing on a goddamn neck. I was yeah, like, bro, dude. you good? <laughs> he saved himself money on a chiropractor visit. Uh, he did it himself. <laughs> I do have one last question, though. What the hell was Herdman doing with a skin-toned AirPod? <laughs> Why was he hiding an AirPod? And wh- who are you talking to? Your assistants are behind you. What do you think that was about? Do you have a conspiracy theory about this? Because I got loads. <laughs> I mean... Listen, he he he's a strange cat, man. That that, that hurt me. I, I I love him because he is so strange, and he's got this incredible personality. And there's a um, there's a beautiful arrogance about him, right? Uh, which is which is strange because Canadians are you know they're so nice and they're so humble and they they don't want to take credit and all that kind of right. stuff. But he is the antithesis. He's the, the he's the anti-Canadian that they love now because they're like <laughs> we had we had no idea that you could actually be like this and be successful and yet he is uh, he is doing that. And as far as what he's listening to, I don't know if he's got some somebody upstairs or maybe music. I don't know. Maybe it's the petting zoos. Huh? It could be the petting zoos, yes. Now, Hopefully like you like an arrogant guy. Shock. <laughs> oh, my, actually, last, last thing, last question. This is from, from me. Who, what, what, would you, uh, what were you more interested in, uh, Milan Borhan sweatpants or, Alex, uh, or Greg Berhalter sneakers? What, what, what is, it's a little fashion question. Oh, those sweatpants were money. Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm over the sneaker thing uh, uh, with, uh, with Greg, and he probably is, uh, is. No, he probably isn't. He still likes it. But, I mean, those sweatpants were such a beautiful throwback. I, I was so nostalgic and, you know, like the – indoor soccer of it and the you know yeah. the, the 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 Sunday league of it and and just and and then to back it up with just some incredible saves uh he 
he would he would piss me off if I was playing against him, and yet I want him on my team. <laughs> I yeah. get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Alexi lost Lala. to a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us. Uh, always an absolute honor. We have to get to uh, our Galasso gift. This is your opportunity to celebrate a goal. Alexis will give you a scenario, and we will turn that celebration into a gift that will live on the internet forever. So, uh, Alexis, what would you suggest uh, for Mister Lalas? Uh, for some reason, uh, Alexi, uh, you are you are calling the match, and uh, at the last second, they bring on a guy with a long, curly red hair and a <laughs> long, curly red chin beard, and that guy scores a header in the last second to qualify us for the World Cup. You look down on that man. How do you celebrate that goal? So how do I celebrate his goal? Yes, yeah. <laughs> because wait, come on, you're calling the match, so you can't be in it. <laughs> So I can't. I, I wish I had a bottle but of tequila. But it's basically here. the ghost of Alexi Lalas just scored a header. <laughs> All right, can I, can I move or how am I yeah, doing? Yeah, this? Whatever you gotta it. do. Okay. All right. So here we go. Please be wearing pants. All right. Great. Love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. I love the little behind the chair bounce. Uh, yeah. the, uh, built, built the anticipation. Alexi Lalas, thank you so much for joining us. I, always an honor. You, yes. Uh, 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 you, uh, the people watching this, you will have already. Uh, uh, you know, the game will have already aired the Honduras game. But is there anything else you want to uh, let people know about? You want to plug? Well, first off, I want to thank you guys. And, uh, you know, a lot of us that, uh, that kick the ball get a tremendous amount of credit and attention. Uh, but the reality is that people like you and so many others, men and women out there, each and every day, you know, they're pushing this boulder up the hill. And it's not easy. It's a, it's a, it's a labor of love, but it's not easy because it is, it is a labor. And I have so much respect for everything that you've done and what you have carved out for yourself. And, you know, the love and the passion that you bring to the storytelling, the comedy, uh, but most importantly, you know, the sport. Because we are, you know, we, we fight amongst ourselves. We have civil wars and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it's La Cosa Nostra, right? It, it is our thing. And you are a huge part of that. So thank you for having me. And thank you for all the years of service to the sport here in the, in the country. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at times uh, at Alexi Lawless <laughs> and uh, Instagram and all the different things. Uh, State of the Union, uh, uh, myself and David Mossy uh, podcast over there at Fox. And then, you know, we're getting ready for, uh, you know, here in Minnesota. The game will, uh, will have been done by the time you are watching this. But you can see me if, if there's people kicking a ball man women uh co-ed naked i'm gonna be talking about it <laughs> okay and by the way all to right. all the gully squad members who asked this question you knew we couldn't ask him this. <laughs> Feel, tweet it at alexi Lalas. he will respond to yeah, you yeah you get, get in get in uh alexi's uh, comment section you, uh-huh. I, I, you know we, we he, he does the right thing every day he gives everybody an opportunity he says what what uh criticism or, or hypocrisy are we talking about today yeah. yell and at me feel, now <laughs> feel free uh, to join in alexi thank you again for joining us and thank you for the kind words it, oh, it's uh you know cool. uh, look that some means people a lot. Are, some people are huge fans of you some people are, are not but as far as your duty and 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 uh, you know to the game and you've been you've been loyal for for years and and to be uh you know a peer with uh, alexi it, we we couldn't even 
have imagined that we would be in this situation. So thank you so much. Uh, all right, everybody. Make sure you follow uh, us uh, at Soccer Cooligans on all social channels. Uh, follow at Fubo Sports and subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for uh, more clips and full episodes of the show. All right, Alexi, let us end the show the way we normally do as is tradition. So please join us in this. So for Alexi Lalas, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cooligans! Cool <laughs> Hands! <laughs>